0: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Listen, do you have questions? We know the answer. The Bellar Student Ministry Podcast exists to equip young followers of Christ to know the Bible, to understand their faith, and are confident to confidently share it with others. Thanks again for tuning in, and now for this week's episode.
1: What's up guys? So, it's been a minute, but we are back here on the BSM Podcast.
0: Hey everybody.
1: This is Peyton Donaldson, your very, very own... Guy, (laughs) student minister extraordinaire, Peyton Donaldson, is here with us today because he's the host, as he should be. And I am here because Peyton couldn't find anybody else. My name is Michael Woodruff. You can call me Woody. Goat. Goat cheese. (laughs) Now, guys, welcome. Uh, We're excited to get back, have an opportunity to do this today uh, for you guys. Uh, Peyton, what are we going to talk about today?
0: So um, today we're going to be talking about something that I'm very passionate about. Something that the Lord has really put strongly, has really emphasized in my heart, and that's the topic of apologetics.
1: Apologetics is that. What's the
0: band? It's too late. (laughs) Apologetics is that like the fray? Timberlake?
1: Timberland? Timberland?
0: I don't know. Uh, I can
1: I can picture it. Anyways, apologetics, (laughs) not apologize. (laughs) Similar word. What does that mean? <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. Some of you probably heard the word apologetics and thought to yourself, what are we saying sorry for? I don't understand that. Uh, but truth be told, uh, apologetics has nothing to do with uh, saying sorry. Ap- it's too late to say sorry. Great song. Um, great song. Theologian Justin Bieber. Mm. Very good. No, but apologetics is, is uh, quite the opposite. The, uh, apologetics has to do with... Uh, the word apologia is Greek for to make a defense. So in other words, when we talk about apologetics as Christian preachers and pastors and ministers, what we are talking about...
1: Building a fort. A castle.
0: No. <laughs> you said defense. Oh, okay. I get it. I get it. Well, not quite. Uh, we're not building the Great Wall of China. What we are doing instead is we are learning to make a defense or uh, a, a, a solid biblical argument um, from all different perspectives, about what it is that we believe. So in other words, apologetics is understanding what we believe and why we believe it. Wasn't there a guy in the Bible that probably wrote a verse about that? I believe so. I think you're kind of hitting at uh, the Scripture, aren't you? First Might Peter be. 3.15, uh, the Apostle Peter says in his letter uh, to, to the uh, uh, church, he says, Always be ready to make a defense... For the hope that is in you and then he says to do that with gentleness and respect. So there's a sense in which Peter or the Holy Spirit through Peter mandates that we as Christians be ready uh, if someone is attacking what we believe or asking about what we believe we need to be ready to um, defend our belief to the world.
1: So to make a offense does, it kind of makes it sound like he's saying be
0: argumentative. Or am I hearing that wrong? Yeah, so like I said, in First Peter chapter 3, he follows up his admonition, make a defense, and then he says, but do it with gentleness and respect. So a lot of you probably, and you yourself and me, have, have seen videos on online on YouTube of debaters, mm-hmm. right? Or you might see it on your Facebook Reels, you see Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire, all these guys going to different college campuses, and people are left and right yelling and screaming and calling each other names, well... That's the exact opposite of the way that we are to act whenever we are defending our faith. Uh, Peter says, be gentle, be respectful. Um, and that does not mean, you know, as men that we are, are weak. It's, it's quite the opposite. You are defending your faith in a, in a, in a calm and concise manner, the way that God uh, wants us to do it.
1: Okay, so we're not duking it out necessarily.
0: Absolutely not. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, in my last um, year as a youth pastor here, I've been—let's see, my it's May 11th, so What's I've It's your been, birthday. You already knew what day it was. I seriously had to check. Um, I've been here at Bel Air for about a year and, like, a day, or a year and two days now. Mm. And something that I've learned, especially as of late, is that kids, specifically high school kids—sorry, middle schoolers—is that uh, the high— You're s- trash. You're trash. Just tra- kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> Respectfully. With gentleness and respect. The kids, middle and high school, more so high school, desperately want to know why they believe what they believe. I've been having a few conversations with a few students uh, after church on Wednesday, and so we've had some students come, and after I preach at the service, everyone goes home, we have a few kids stay back, and they rapid-fire question after question after question, and we stay at church for an extra hour just discussing uh, things that they're learning in school and how it relates to the Bible, kids nowadays, especially in in public schools, are taught ideologies and uh, um, doctrine, really, that are so opposed to the gospel, so opposed to what God says in his revealed word, that they are thrown through a loop. I can remember, I don't know if I've mentioned this in in, uh, previous episodes, but whenever I was 18 years old, I was off to LSU I go to LSU go to college and then I go into my history department in my uh, on campus right and on the left side of the wall you have posters uh, talking about evolution and you've got the monkey to the the middle monkey man to the man and then on the right side of the wall you have LGBTQ posters uh, transgender posters You've got all of these different ideologies coming at you to young, impressionable men and women who are not really firm in their faith, and then we lose them. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of ideologies coming this way and that. And what I love about this topic that we're discussing today is that the Bible helps us to look at the world through a biblical lens. And when when I discovered apologetics, I told Brother Andy yesterday, it's almost like I got saved again. Because it helped me to really understand and really hone in what it is that I uh, believe.
1: Yeah, man. Students are are lied just straight to their face these days. I mean, they'll tell you Pluto's not a planet, but that's that's cap. It's definitely a planet. Can't be a planet when I was a kid, and now it's not a planet. You can't just change what exists. And correct me if I'm wrong,
0: but I think there's five oceans now.
1: Frank Ocean. (laughs) I
0: don't. I don't follow the oceans. I'm sorry. Oceans eleven. Atlantic, Pacific, Indian, Arctic, Southern, Southern. That was not in so school. When I was in school.
1: Yeah. So no, a- absolutely. Uh, you've got to have, like he said, a reason for the hope, not a necessarily a stance for your faith, but it, you know, our faith is depicted as the hope that we have in us, the hope in Christ. So, what is it that girds that hope? Like, what is it that that keeps us hopeful for what? Christ says is true and who he is and what he's going to do and those sorts of things.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And the cool thing about it is that Christ wants us to dive deeper. He doesn't want us to have blind faith. If that was true, God would have just somehow said, you must believe in me and given us nothing to go off of. But he didn't do that. You look at Romans 1, and Paul says that uh, God's, God's power has been seen in creation since the beginning. So not only has he given us his revealed word, the scripture, which, by the way, is is uh, just, I mean, just, if you haven't read it, definitely read it. you have he, heard of it. It's a good book. A good book. I won't give away the ending, but but he's also given us creation. So he's given us creation... And divine uh, biblical revelation, to study him and to dive deeper and to know more about him. He doesn't want us to be blind. He wants us to know what we believe, to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the devil is specifically nowadays coming after these students' minds.
1: Yeah, I heard um, a guy was talking about his his daughter um, who was... Like let not at our church, but like led in youth group was FCA mm. did all this all the stuff like on the worship team, and then went to college. And within the first six weeks of her being at college, she calls her dad and says, "Dad, I'm I'm not a I don't believe in God anymore." And he like immediately that week weekend went up, met her, talked to her, just to you know ascertain like what why why do you say this? And all it was was she had a professor who told her that the uh, you know we don't know. Who actually wrote the Gospels? There's no evidence right. for who uh, who did that, and just some of these just basic, you know, kindergarten level attacks on the faith. And she was thriving when she had all the support that she needed, but when there was opposition, she had no defense for why she believed what she believed, what she, what it was that she right. hoped in. And that's the thing: like the easiest way to lose a fight is to not know that you're in a fight. Right, somebody comes up and just sucker punches you in the back of the head, you've got no chance because you were not prepared to defend yourself. Right. And so I think part of it, students, is is just realizing regardless of whether it's like right now you're in middle school, high school, or even you're listening to this as an adult, there's going to come a time when there's opposition to your beliefs yeah. and you've got to have answers for the hope, you know, something to back it up. Right. So I think um we talked about this, doing this maybe over a couple of different episodes, um, and being able to, you know, say, you know, this is why what I believe, and, you know, there's, there's a couple of different arguments for how we, how we reason, does God exist, did Christ raise from the dead, is that really true? Mm-hmm. Um, one of those is a cosmological argument, right? which is, you know, was everything created? We all believe that the earth came into existence at some point, but right. the question is how? And then you have uh, a argument for perfect design, right? That the universe exists in a way and earth exists in just the right spot and all these different, you know, even things that science will say is 100%, you know, fact that build a case for there being a a designer for it. Uh, And then there's also a more moral argument that is, you know, if we believe that there's some standard of good, where did that come from? Is it in us or is it? Coming, you know, right? Was there a God who created these standards that that we either follow or deny?
0: And these were actually the one of the first few episodes that we've done on the podcast back in in June.
1: Oh, it shows you how much uh, I listened. So in if the, you in the early days. if you are Sorry.
0: interested in those arguments, you can go back and listen. They're really good. Um, but you're absolutely right. We have not only the Word, uh, and and like I've said before, nothing comes before the Bible. The Bible is the ultimate authority, and these arguments that we give are not do not supersede. The Bible comes first. These other things are just supplements to our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're absolutely right. We have an abundance of evidence for the things that we believe. Students, I want to give you some confidence. The burden of proof is not on the Christian. The burden of proof for creation, for goodness, for... Uh, morality, for all of these different things that you've just mentioned, the fine-tuning of the universe, all of that, it's up to the atheist to try and prove, because we already know. We we know where it comes from, and uh, apologetics helps us to, to get the the extra details, and it's, it's really cool, really cool to examine, and um, so I know what you're thinking, right? Peyton, I've seen these debates I've seen these smart people they live in the library I, I I I don't feel qualified right I don't feel qualified I don't feel like I know enough to defend my faith
1: Well I've got good news for you Chat GPT <laughs> will give you any answer you need on the spot IJK IJK No that <laughs> that is a that is a great uh, point because right we feel like you know to be able to talk to people and have conversations about our faith and to defend it, we have to know every single, you know, minute detail of it. Right. Uh, be able to answer any type of question that's thrown at us, and that's just not that's not a reality for anybody. Whether it's an apologist, a theologian, a, a no. doctoral teacher, like any any pastor is not going to say they have every single answer. Right. Um, but I would just say this as an encouragement: to know what you believe is exactly that, to know what you believe. You don't have to know the beliefs of every other religious system. You don't right. have to know the ins and outs of Hinduism and, and Buddhist right. and um, you know all of these other you know, belief systems. You, you've got to know what you believe, right. the hope that rests within your heart.
0: That is a great point, and it's actually something that I've been reading about in this book. It's actually called Expository Apologetics by uh, a guy named Vodi Bakum. So um, th- this stuff this stuff has credence, right? It's on solid ground. Vodi Bacham is a renowned speaker, preacher, author, and, and he's very smart. And expository apologetics has to do with defending the Word with the power of the Word. So we believe that the Bible is the highest authority. Therefore, we would not appeal to another authority as authoritative because the Bible is the most authoritative authority, so to speak. And Vodi teaches us how to do that there. But you're absolutely right. You said, um, you know, y- you are not responsible for, for, for defending other faiths. You are responsible to defend the hope that is in you, right? And as I was saying, you know, some of us might not feel confident in doing that or bold. Let me give you a word from the Apostle Paul. Give a word. Give me, give you a word, preacher.
1: Oh, he gonna preach. Oh, he
0: gonna preach. Ephesians chapter six. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Ephesus and he says this. Now, keep in mind, this is the second greatest missionary of all time, aside from Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is number one, Apostle Paul's number two, right? This is what Paul says about what he would ask the church to pray for him for, as far as proclaiming the gospel. Listen to this. Ephesians 6, beginning of verse 18. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to or speak. Y'all ain't heard that. Say it again. As I declare it boldly, mm. which is how I ought to
1: speak. So that's interesting. You said the second most influential missionary or, or however you said it, is saying on the spot, pray for me that God gives me the words to speak, as I share the mystery of the. If anyone knew the gospel, if anyone knew the gospel, it was Paul, right? Right. And he's saying it's a mystery, and that he needs words to preach it. <laughs> Bro, hold on.
0: <laughs> I hit the
1: wrong one. Sorry.
0: Sorry about that. Is there any any way you can edit that out?
1: We'll see about it. Okay, continue. We're gonna leave it. Uh, so no, Paul. Paul is saying even at that moment. God, give me the words, pray for me that, you know, the Spirit leads me to preach the gospel. Um, and so if you have Him saying that, there's no doubt that at times we'll have, you know, we won't know all of the right things to no. say and have the perfect argument. No. Um, no. But it's, to to some extent, it's a Spirit-led yes. conversation. Yes, so.
0: yes. I, I think, you know, even if we were to understand all of the Scriptures, if we understood... All 66 books, all the verses in all 66 books, if we understood the Bible completely, we would still only know a kernel about God. He only revealed to us what he wanted to in the Bible. There's an infinite amount of wisdom in God that we will never fully understand. So let me give you an encouragement as well. You'll never know enough. So pressure's off, right? Paul is saying here, pray for me that God would give me the words, because ultimately it it comes from the Lord. And he says, also pray that I would speak boldly. We know that in Corinth, right, Paul wrote to the Corinthians and says, he did not come with words of eloquent wisdom so that the gospel of Christ would not be robbed of its power, the cross, the cross of Christ. He didn't come knowing everything. I came knowing nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So the pressure's off. Apologetics is, is, is a cool, fun, informative way to know why we believe in that cross of Christ. Does it stand on solid ground? And that's what we'll talk about in this series, how we can uh, accurately and faithfully defend the faith or defend our belief. So it's going to be fun. I'm, uh, I'm excited about this series. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Alright, so guys, as you listen to this, if you've got questions specifically about apologetics that you are hoping that uh, we can talk about through this series, go ahead and send those to us at bsmpodcast at com. That's not actually an email address. Just uh, send Peyton a text or DM or something or talk to him in person. And we'll be sure that we try to address all those.
0: Yeah, and this will be posted on YouTube. You can Leave a comment. You can text me if you have my phone number. Um, but we are interested in in giving you more information so that you, too, can defend the faith properly. I've heard it said this way. How'd they say it? Tell me. They said it like this. He said, this is actually from Vodi Bauckham, the author of the book I just showed. You don't have to be a doctor or a professor or a preacher to be able to defend your faith this way. Bodhi just says, and I quote, he says, I'm just one beggar telling another beggar where I found bread.
1: Like a duck at the park. That's all you can do.
0: That's all you can do. Hey, quack, quack, come over here. Look what I found. That's, that's what it is. Doesn't matter how much you know or how much you think you know, we're all just beggars. And what we do here." at BSM Podcast is seek to tell other beggars, hey, this is where the source is. That'll preach. It will. That'll pray. Good word. Amen. You want me to pray us out? If you would like to.
1: I shall. Father God, we do come to you. Just thank you that we've had this opportunity just to have a brief discussion on why it is that we believe what we believe and hope in who we hope in. God, you pray through this series and this time together that uh, it, it builds us up in our faith. It sharpens us. It uh, gives us answers to the things that we're not sure about, uh, increases our faith in you, God. And uh, ultimately, God, that it will just deepen our relationship with you and open others to a relationship with you also so that they may know uh, the hope of Christ in themselves. God, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.